This is Ham College, Episode 66, for June 30th, 2020. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM and the new revolutionary IC705 with optional multifunction backpack. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next amateur license exam. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. You know, it that seems familiar to me for some reason. I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. We've, we've uh, used it a time or two. Yeah, a couple of times anyway. It's uh, I don't know, it just kind of makes a show for me. After that, you know, I'm looking forward to some... Some really top-notch crooning. Yeah. Some buzzer action. You sing to the buzzer. Anytime you feel the need, just let it fly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to get more than bubbly water for that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what did we talk about last episode? That's a real good question. It seems like it's been so long ago, man. It's uh, only one week late, but I swear it feels like a month. Rules must have been rules and regulations. Okay, I think it was. It was some kind of rules and regulations. It's probably not the last time we'll talk about them either. But that was a topic. I'm pretty sure that's a given. Yep, that was a topic for last month's show. What is the topic for this month's show? Uh, it's about uh, space. Uh, Satellites and and things like that, uh, ground control, <laughs> telemetry, things like that. Amateur spaced out. Amateur space and Earth stations, telemetry and telecommand rules, identification of balloon transmissions and one-way communications. Anytime we're doing a live stream, we're also doing something else at the same time. What might that be? Well, we got some chat action going on over here at amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat. And there's a group in there right now having a big time. Uh, they're going to give us the answers tonight. Can you All right. believe that? I better get some better glasses on because I can't see the chat room too good from here. I can see it. And they they don't think you look like Dean Martin. They think you look more like Colonel Sanders. Oh, yeah. I can see the resemblance, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of poking with the stick, I am now the proud owner of an authentic Canadian engineering stick. It's, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it. It's a, uh-huh. it's sort of a green colored stick, and it's from Canada. It's from VE3MIC. 
I don't know exactly the proper use for it yet, but you can see with all these branches off the side here, it's bound to be painful. So I'm going to have to get further update on this. You have one too, Tommy. What do you uh, use? Actually, I've just got the stick part, not the case, but yeah, I've got one. I got to say, man, that is a nice case there. It's a shame that this is what was in it. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I should just say there's a lot more plastic in this case than there is in the actual product itself. Well, that's true. He did a great job of it, though, a VE3MIC. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. That design of that case is pretty good. You can take that and... Uh Expand it out and and make you know some nicer big cases out of it. You could, I mean, it's a, it's, wow, I mean, it's a very high quality print too. Uh huh. So cool enough. I think he was experimenting, learning how to use the tools. I don't have any other explanation for it. Yeah, but, that one. That one was hand delivered from Canada. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, yesterday was Canada Day, so late Canada Day for uh, the Canadian viewers. Yeah, happy Canada Day to all the hosers. <laughs> and and the rest hey. of us, too. Hey, yeah. We're going to have uh, Happy America Day here. What day is that? That's two more days, so that'll be Saturday? Yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. Too bad it didn't fall during a weekday, but I guess everybody's taking off tomorrow. Yeah, well, they my company gave us off tomorrow. Yeah. You? Uh, probably so. I need to check and see. I think it's probably oh, man, tomorrow. That's the first thing you're supposed to check. Yeah, I should. It's important stuff there. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to miss out on a free holiday. Yeah. Speaking Paid of one. important stuff... I've got some questions here I need to ask you. Okay. And everyone's waiting to to see how you'll answer it, or maybe they'll answer it for you. Uh, Oh, and John uh, KC7DRI says, something big will break down tonight, George. Uh, I hope not. I've had enough big stuff break down lately. (laughs) But we'll see. The weather is maybe cleared out for tonight. It certainly earlier today. Tommy was giving me the thunderstorm report about two seconds before I heard it here. So I think everything was to the north. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I figured it's going to be a noisy show, but uh, luckily it passed. Yeah, there's more coming. All right, on into the questions. The first one tonight, I'll ask you, what is the definition of telemetry? Is it A, a one-way transmission of measurements at a distance from the measuring instrument? B, two-way transmissions in excess of 1,000 feet? C, two-way transmissions of data? Or D, one-way transmissions that initiates, modifies, or terminates the functions of a device at a distance. Okay, well, I got put my glasses on because I can't see the screen too good. Um, one telemetry, one-way transmission of measurements at a distance. 
from a measuring instrument. That sounds like the right thing, but let me double check these others. Two-way transmissions. Now, telemetry is just a one-way thing. Two-way trans... That, nope. And modifies or terminates the functions. That would be like control signals. Now, I'm, I'm going with A. One-way transmission of measurements at a distance from the measuring instrument. Okay. That's most, my final answer. Most of the people in the chat room are saying A. Not everyone, but but most are. And, yeah, I think you're right. D, that would be a control link or something like that. That's what John says. Sounds good to me. Uh-huh. I'll agree with you, though. It's uh, A. There you go, A. Uh, we'll see. We're going to do this. We'll do it wrong. Yep. Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to rehearse that a little better. There you go. That's the thing. That's the thumbnail for the video right there. I don't have quite enough fist to do that. You know, it's uh... like I got a big old club, man. <laughs> that's the size of my hand. <laughs> All right. Well, you got one for me. I do. I just so happen to have one. If you'll change the page there. Which of the following may transmit special codes intended to obscure the meaning of messages? A. Telecommand signals from a space telecommand station. B. Data containing personal information. C. Auxiliary relay links carrying repeater audio. Or D. Binary control characters. Which of the following may transmit special codes intended to obscure the meaning of messages? Well, you know, in amateur radio, you're not supposed to obscure messages or use any kind of um, methods to encrypt anything or or hide what it is that that you're trying to say, with only one exception. And it's not a binary control characters. It's not auxiliary relay links carrying repeater audio, certainly. It's not data containing personal information. you got to do that out and open if you're going to do it. It is a telecommand signals from a space telecommand station. The reason we get by with that is... They don't want everybody to be able to just nilly-willy run about controlling the satellites and things up in space. You know, that stuff has kind of got to be narrowed in scope so that um, things don't get out of control. So that only the proper people will have the codes and, and they're encrypted somehow or obscured. So that the codes won't fall into the wrong hands and and cause issues. Oh yeah, that, that that makes sense. You just don't want somebody hijacking your satellite or whatever you're trying to control. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So you agree with me then? It's a. I do agree. I concur. And that's what they're saying over in the chat room. They concurred as well, huh? They concurred. They didn't say so as in. In his longer word, they just said "a," but there you go. Hey. All right, good job. All right, well, let's 
now that we're on a on a space roll there, let's just carry on with that theme. Now that we're spaced out. Now that we're spaced out. What is a space telecommand station? Is it A, an amateur station located on the surface of the Earth for communicating with other Earth stations by means of Earth satellites? B, an amateur station that transmits communications to initiate, modify, or terminate functions of a space station. C, an amateur station located in a satellite or a balloon more than 50 kilometers above the surface of the Earth. D, an amateur station that receives telemetry from a satellite or balloon more than 50 kilometers above the surface of the Earth. A telecommand station. Well, I believe that's what we talked about earlier on the, pre- on the previous question, two questions back. An amateur station located on the surface for communication with other Earth stations. That's not that one. B, an amateur station that transmits communications to initiate, modify, or terminate functions of a space station. I believe that might be the, the one right there. Uh, or C, amateur station located in a satellite or balloon more than... I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, B, an amateur station that transmits communications to initiate, modify, or terminate functions of a space station. And those communications may be obscured somehow, encrypted or encoded or something, because we just talked about that. Well, That's just my little addition to it. I'm going with B. You're going with B. and Number, uh, number B. Those in the chat room that are guessing a number... Or, or maybe you know the correct answer, are saying that it's B. I'm going to agree with you, too. I think it's B. And it is. You're batting 100%, Dino. All right. That's two for two. Two for two. Okay. Well, let's let's try another one. You try to trip okay. me up. Maybe, maybe we can get a little better. Okay, here you go. You ready? I got a tough one for you here. Which of the following is required in the identification transmissions from a balloon-borne telemetry station? A, call sign. B, the output power of the balloon transmitter. C, the station's six-character maidenhead grid locator. Or D, all of these choices are correct. I think this is a pretty simple one. Um, a what? A, a fairly simple yeah. question. Easy to answer. Uh, let me attack it first. C, the station's six-character maidenhead grid locator. You know, it can't be that because if it's in a balloon, that that maidenhead grid locator is going to be moving around. So... You know, that would, you'd have to have a GPS or something to even know where it was. And I just happen to know that that's not what they transmit when they're they're doing balloons. Not generally, you don't get that information. So I'm going to say, D, it can't be all these choices are correct. 
be the output power of a balloon transmitter. While some of them might do that, that's not required. You know, really, the only thing, the only required transmission on just about everything is a call sign. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to identify. So I'm going to say that it's A, yay. Um, everybody in the chat room agrees except Chip, and he says it's A-alpha. He actually spelled it out. So he didn't want any, didn't want any uh, mistake his answer. No, nope, and I didn't. I, I knew exactly what he was talking about there. <laughs> okay, Chip, I'm going to agree with you. I say that it's A-alpha. There we go. It's a call nope, sign. It was a call sign. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to transmit, you know. Um, if the FCC doesn't ask you to do anything else, they want you to identify. This is true. That's, okay. that's always required. Let's move on to the next one then. What must be posted? At the station location of a station being operated by telecommand on or within 50 kilometers of the Earth's surface. A. A photocopy of the station license. B. A label with the name, address, and telephone number of the station licensee. C. A label with the name, address, and telephone number of the control operator. For D, all of these choices are correct. Oh, boy. What must be posted at the station location of a station being operated by telecommand or within 50 kilometers of the Earth's surface? I imagine the license would be required. I'm glad you got this one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm pretty sure I'm a would a makes sense to me for sure. B a label with the name, address, and the telephone number for the station licensee. Label with the name, address, and telephone number of the control operator. Now you make me think too hard about this one. You should. You sure this one wasn't yours? No, I'm pretty sure this one was yours. Or D, all of these are correct. Just, just pick a number, any number. I'm gonna go with A. Okay. Although part of me thinks it's D. All right. Well, uh, Tommy chose A. Uh, the chat room, yeah, they were kind of mixed. Most of them said D. But there was one B in there. And, you know, I'm glad that you got this one. Because I wouldn't have thought D. That is, uh, that's a tough one there. But uh, You wouldn't have picked D? Uh, no, I don't think I would have. But this means you're the winner of tonight's first Golden Buzzer Award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cheers. Yeah, I mean, that's even the question is a little confusing. What must be posted 
at the station location of a station being operated by telecommand owned or within 50 kilometers of the earth station. The station Yeah, location. so that's, that's part, the way it's worded kind of threw me, because I'm like, does that mean that it's, there's a label stuck on a satellite somewhere? Yeah. Or that. is that at the place where the, where it's actually being controlled from? The control point. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I had to read that uh, question there several times to myself, and I finally decided, well, they must be talking about, the way it's worded, they must be talking about the, um, aerial vehicle itself, you know, the balloon or satellite or whatever, because I, you know, I, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have thought that you'd put well, all that Well, that's, that's why I thought maybe it might be D. The license makes sense, and then the labels would make sense, like if the balloon came down so they could contact you. I know that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just wasn't sure. I, I, it was either one or all of them. So I guess I got the buzzer this time. So you're you're welcome. Well, now you don't have to do it. Okay, I will take. But that. I, but I'd be appreciate appreciative if you would go ahead and do one at least one this week. We'll see. <laughs> the night's still young. Well, we will take a quick break. Get a message from ICOM. Maybe. Stretch our legs a little bit, get a little nostalgic. Yeah. Looks like I need to lay off the growth hormones. <laughs> yeah, it does. Kind of and we'll be right back. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tips of your fingers and a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo, or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 5 watt battery operation with BP272 or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC supply. Modes include single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, and live band scope with waterfall, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro SD card for data storage, it comes standard with the HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRP P operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the LC192 optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information about this and all the great ICOM radios. You just turn a key on the dashboard and the trunk opens electrically. And here's how easy it is to drive. Can you flick that light switch? Why, certainly. Anyone can. Then you can drive the Edsel. That's right. Driving the 1958 Edsel is as easy as flicking a light switch. For Edsel's exclusive new teletouch drive shifts electrically at a touch. It's a new idea that puts shifting where it belongs. So you can keep both hands safely at the wheel. And look, you can shift... 
turn the wheel at the same time, for the control remains stationary, which makes Edsel the world's easiest car to handle. On the Edsel's instrument panel, you'll find many more new ideas, like this speedometer that glows red when you exceed the safe maximum speed you set it for. This one simple dial that sets heat, ventilation, and air conditioning at a twist of the wrist. Even a remote trunk release that electrically opens the luggage compartment. And under that long, straight Edsel hood, you'll find the newest V8 engines in the world. The big new Edsel 400 and the larger Edsel 475. Each one power matched to the weight of the car to put more usable power at your command than you have ever known before. Remember, driving an Edsel is an experience no man should miss. Discover for yourself the thrill of driving an Edsel, 1958's one really new car. Visit your Edsel dealer soon, and when you do, you'll meet a fine businessman with a broad automobile experience. He became an Edsel dealer because he had driven the Edsel, he had compared it, and he had carefully evaluated it. He'll be glad to demonstrate to you, as he did to himself, that the 1958 Edsel is the car that offers you the most in elegance of styling and performance. There are 18 models and four series to choose from. Edsel prices are surprisingly low, with models priced just above the lowest and ranging through the entire medium price field. You can afford an Edsel. Stop in and see and drive the Edsel tomorrow at your Edsel dealer. I think I found my next car. Yeah, you know, I, after seeing that, man, that's pretty a pretty radical automobile. Yeah. I love how you can push the key in and electrically open the trunk. That's pretty nice stuff. One day we should make, you know, they should put that on modern cars. They should. Or the ability to be going down the road at 70 miles an hour with your 475 engine and shift into reverse without taking your hands off the wheel. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. 475 yeah. cubic inches. That thing ought to pass everything but the gas station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it looked like it was going just straight up to the stratosphere on that hill. There. Yeah, it was about to take off. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I would like to have one of those as far as an old car goes. Uh-huh. be pretty cool. Apparently, though, it wasn't... Wasn't that big back during the day? I don't. I don't know. I kind of wondered how those push button shifter held up. Those mechanical buttons like that—they just don't seem like they'd be very resilient to last a long time. Yeah, I had. They a, might. I don't know, but it just doesn't seem like it. I had a friend that had a Valiant. You remember the Valiant? Mm-hmm. It had a little lever on the dashboard. That was a shifter. Uh huh. Kind of crazy. You wonder how that would hold up too. But Plymouth Valiant. Yep. Icom. They want you to register now for QSO Today's groundbreaking virtual ham expo. Uh, this expo will be filled with virtual exhibits and guest speakers, all from the convenience of your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit QSOTodayHamExpo.com to register. And you know, here on Ham College, ICOM sponsors a little contest that we like to do every time around. 
And we give away stuff. You know, it might not be that everyone has a shirt like, say, Tommy or I do here. Although this is not this is not the coolest shirts in the world. There are some good shirts to wear at Hamfest that are within your grasp. You could even get one for free and get a, a matching companion hat if you play your cards right. That would be pretty sweet to have. How would you go about doing that? It's actually pretty easy. All you got to really do is send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. You need nothing more than a name and an email address. You want to put a little note in there, that's fine, but it's not required. Yep. Um, send that in, and you'll be entered into the drawing for the next month's giveaway. Um, if you don't, if you happen to not win this month, be sure to send it in again next month because we clear out that queue of email addresses and names every month and start over fresh. So be sure to re-enter if you still uh, still want to win. If you haven't, yeah, and it's very little effort to enter. Just send an email, hamcollege at amateurlogic TV, and as Tommy said. Give us your name and your call sign if you got one. Stick a note in there if you want to. But all you need is a name yeah. and, and. But email. you don't have to have a call sign. You don't have to have one. No, not at all. And I did a little drawing right before the show tonight. A random drawing from the entries. And let me say, your chances are good of at winning this. If you're watching, you should go register because why wouldn't you want a free Icom T-shirt and hat? And the other stuff that Jesse stuffs in the box, because there's more mm -hmm. in the box than just that. Uh, tonight's lucky winner is Alan N3JOC, and he said, Hi, guys. Keep up the good work. So not only did he have a name and an email address, he did have a call sign, and he also had a little note. Well, that's great. He went all out. He did. And congratulations, Alan. Hope you enjoy your uh, Icon swag. No, you I just so happen to have one. The Ham Crew t-shirt. That's the official one right there. You look just as good when you leave the Ham Fest as you did when you got there. That is true. And I, that one actually looks better than the crinkled up one that we've got over here in the drawer. Well, I'll keep this one hanging in the closet right there. This okay. is my private stash here. Congratulations again, Alan, and thanks for sending in an entry. And the rest of you, yeah, send it in, hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Real simple to do. Well, we have some more questions to go tonight, and right now we'll go to the one that I thought we had before we took the break there. I was mistaken, though, because we got it now, I guess. You get to ask me this one, Tommy. You going to get the buzzer for being mistaken? Uh, I No, you don't get a buzzer for that unless it's on an answer. So we'll have to see. What's the maximum permitted transmitter output power when operating a model craft by telecommand? A, 1 watt. B, 2 watts. C, 5 watts. Or D, 100 watts. Hmm. What is the maximum permitted transmitter output power when operating a model craft by telecommand? That means, say, I was operating a remote control airplane. 
uh, or a drone or, or a drone yeah and uh, and using ham radio frequencies to do that hmm you kind of need to know the answer for this one but let's try reasoning it out first I don't think it's D you know they don't want you to have a 100 watt remote control in your hand you shouldn't be <laughs> that close to a 100 watt transmitter or antenna so you can automatically rule that one out you could have five watts though in your hand that'd be okay because your handy talkies are you know most of them will do five watts um but you really don't need five watts if you're going to talk to you know a remote control craft Uh, because that thing's well i it doesn't say aircraft or uh, watercraft, but, you know, you, usually that thing's going to be close enough. Um, if if it took five watts to reach it, it's way beyond you seeing and, and knowing what you're doing with it anyway. Two watts sounds kind of feasible, but I think really one watt would get the job done. So, I don't know. What do you think, Dean? I'm thinking it might be more than that. Even though the transmitter might have a resonant antenna, the the drone and stuff, most of the time they've only got a little piece of wire hanging out because weight is at a premium. You know, you don't want any extra weight on there for lift if it's flying craft. Um, so... I don't know. I'm thinking you might need a little bit more if your antenna is like totally, you know, out of band yeah. for it. A wire antenna, I mean, whoever heard of mm-hmm. such? Oh, whoever heard of a wire antenna? Well, it just depends on the, just depends on the, uh, what you're flying. If you're flying one of those little bitty lightweight drones and you're in the two meter frequency, that's like a 19 inch piece of wire well uh, yeah you're right you're right i don't know what frequencies they use for controlling those but uh hmm. well let's see uh the chat room is saying a i'm thinking it's going to be b or c yeah they're a little mixed you know um there's some arguments back and forth kevin thinks ten thousand watts should do it though it should, that should cover it Yep. If you're able to hold up the transmitter, I would say you could run 10,000 watts. Uh, And you're going to get a heck of a tan. Yeah. I'm going to stick with my answer. One watt, though. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Can I get one of these? You can, if I can figure out which way to do it. There you go. Oh, oh, sorry. There we go. The gigantic paw there. I know, right? Like a club. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I just happened to remember this one from when I put these questions in a couple of weeks ago. Cause oh, okay. I, re- I really didn't know. I really didn't know, but one watt. One seems, watt cover a lot of ground. Yeah. You know, if you're communicating with something in the air, it's it's going to see you, you know. It's it's got a better line of sight, so um, 
Yeah. It is one watt. That's all I can say about that. Well, That's I got, all you can say. I got another one for you. Okay. Which HF amateur bands have frequencies authorized for space stations? Is it A, only the 40, 20, 17, 15, 12, and 10 meter bands? B, only the 40, 20, 17, 15, and 10 meter bands. C, only the 40, 30, 20, 15, 12, and 10 meter bands. Or D, all HF bands. I may get buzzed twice tonight. You know, the questions fell in the correct order tonight. That's all I can say about that. I think that. you planned this out. No, I didn't. I really didn't. Which HF bands have frequencies authorized for space stations? 40, 20, 17. I'm, a, I'm just going to guess, man. I, I'm going with A because it's the first one. I, I don't. I really don't know. Okay, because it's the first one. Well, that's that is an it's answer. The first one. Yeah. Huh? I said that is an answer. It is an answer, although it's probably the wrong one. I got to say, there's a fifty-fifty split in the chat room between A and B of those brave is, enough. I to, can't see the chat room, so yeah, it wouldn't have helped you this time. I don't think. Oh, I see. Uh I'm going. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying I don't have to know. Well, I did if I was taking my exam, but I think you're probably right, but let's see. That's good deductive reasoning there, Dean. It's the first one. Yep. The 30, for some reason, the 30 meters thing seems like, I'm trying to remember, there was some kind of restriction on 30 meters, and I don't remember what it was. Um. So that's the reason I just didn't even really consider that one too much. Yeah. Other than that, and I don't really know, I was trying to grasp at straws to figure out how to narrow it down. Well, you grab the right straw. I kind of... Uh, we all get lucky occasionally. I also thought, you know, there's something wrong with the 30-meter band. I think it's interesting, though, that it doesn't go down to 80 meters. You know, 40 meters is the lowest frequency. Yeah, that you can use there. But 80 would be kind of, I guess that'd be kind of crazy to think you could have an 80-meter antenna in space. You could, but, you know, it'd be pretty big. There's plenty of room up there to drag it around. Well, true, till you hit something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at what I caught. <laughs> okay, next question. Most of the balloons, I think, use 20 yeah. And no, David, I didn't plan the order. It, seriously, that's just how it fell tonight. Which VHF amateur bands have frequencies authorized for space stations? A, 6 meters and 2 meters. B, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 1.25 meters, which is 220 megahertz, I think. I think you're right. C, Two meters and 1.25 meters. Or D, two meters. Which VHF amateur bands have frequencies authorized for space station? All right, VHF, 
All of those are VHF frequencies. Mm-hmm. Mm, man, this is a toughie unless you know the answer. I don't think it would be 1.25 meters. I don't think... We don't have very uh, much bandwidth there, so I'm going to think, nah. So I'm in my mind, which could be wrong... I'm going to say it's not B or C, so I'm going to say it's A or D. Six meters? I don't know. It doesn't seem like, seem like that's a little low in frequency for that purpose. I'm going to say it's, uh, it's D, two meters. Uh, let's see. Okay. What are the chat room folks say? Well, the few who rendered an answer said it was D. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's only two. I think there's something else with it, but I'm not sure what it is. Well, I think you maybe UHF, but they're not asking about UHF. That's true. So. I do I do know there's some UHF traffic that comes down yeah. 70 centimeters. I don't know, maybe you're right. I'm it's not my not, it's not my question, so I can't <laughs> sway your answer. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with D. I think it's D. And it is. All right. We're going to try to do this thing again. Um bam. Which UHF amateur bands have frequencies authorized for space stations? How convenient. A, 70 centimeters only. Ooh, man. B, 70 centimeters and 13 centimeters. C, 70 centimeters and 33 centimeters. Or D, 33 centimeters and 13 centimeters. I'm pretty sure this deck was stacked before I got here. Did you mark the cards? No, I didn't. I really didn't. Honest. I know I know A is good. Seventy centimeters is good. What's the chat room saying? B. They are still working on it. I'm going to go with B, 70 centimeters and 13 centimeters. Okay. Of uh, the few. Because I, I know there's some of that, some of that satellite stuff was way up high. And I know 70 centimeters is valid for some of it because the space station used to send stuff down at that. It may still do it on the. Uh, satellites are kind of high. In the, yeah, and they high in frequency too. I'm I'm going to go with B. I I don't know for sure, but that's going to be my answer. Okay. Of the few who gave us an answer in the chat room, B was the choice. Although John had a good answer, I'll go with whatever Tommy thinks. I'll go. With that's whatever. not a good. Th- <laughs> you, must, uh, you must be new to watching. Yeah, yeah. 
This must be his first show. Yeah, you can't you can't look at somebody else's paper, John. Let's see. Look at that, man. Especially Here. the dean. You deserve one. Nothing like a good guess. Yep. I do. Like I said, I do remember that one of those bands were way up, pretty high, and I just I don't know. The yep. thirty-three megahertz, thirty-three centimeters was like nine hundred, I think. So I thought it was higher than that. That's why I went for the thirteen. Yeah. Oh, this is a long one. Which, yeah, this one's kind of wordy. Which amateur stations are eligible to be telecommand stations of space stations, subject to the privileges of the class of operator license held by the control operator of the station? A, any amateur station designated by NASA. B, any amateur station so designated by the space station licensee. Or C, any amateur station so designated by the ITU. Or D, all of these choices are correct. I don't think it's all of them, but I think I want to read the question again. Which amateur stations are eligible to be telecommand stations of space stations? Subject to the privileges of the class of the operator license held by the control operator of the station. Okay, so right there, it is subject to whatever your privileges are. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of whether or not you have privileges on that band. We're assuming you do. So I don't think NASA really uh, designates anything to do with amateur stations. I'm going to rule. I think they got enough stuff going on done to deal with that. They're usually kind of busy. And I don't think the International Telecommunications Union would have anything to do with it. So I don't think it's C, and it's not D, because I know it's not all of them. I'm going to go with B, and this makes most sense to me. Any amateur station so designated by the space station licensee. That that makes good sense because you know you already have privileges to operate on that frequency. Right? That's specified out in the question mm-hmm. there. And if the licensee says, hey, you can operate it, um, that seems to me like the most likely answer. And that's that's what they're saying in the chat room there. Let's see. It makes sense to me. And it for is. what that's worth. It's B. Which amateur stations are eligible to operate as Earth stations? A. Any amateur station whose licensee has filed a pre-space notification with the FCC's International Bureau. B. Only those of general, advanced, or amateur extra-class operators. C. Only those of amateur extra-class operators. D, any amateur station subject to the privileges of the class of operator license held by the control operator. Hmm. I'm going to have to read this one again myself. Which amateur stations are eligible to operate as Earth stations? Any amateur station whose pre-space notification... I don't think that's a... 
B, only those of general advanced or amateur extra class. Only those of amateur extra class operators. Any amateur station subject to the privileges of the class of operator license held by the control operator, which would be you. I think it's D. Any amateur station subject to the privileges of the class of operator license held by the control operator. Most people are saying that it's D. I will agree with you. Let's see. There. And, you know, that makes sense because if you... When I read the questionnaire, I was thinking, okay, an Earth station, isn't that like anybody? That's you and me. Yeah, I mean, anybody on Earth. still on Earth. Yeah. So, uh, D. Okay. I think maybe we got one more question tonight. And since I asked you the first one... You can ask me this one. All right. I hope it's a tough one. Which of the following amateur stations may transmit one-way communications? A, a space station, beacon station, or telecommand station. B, a local repeater or a linked repeater station. C, a message forwarding station or automatically controlled digital station. Or D, all of these choices are correct. Well, it's not D, because I know they are not all correct. C, a message forwarding station or automatically controlled digital station. Well, it can't be that. I can't forward a message if it didn't receive it, so... How could that even be one-way communications? Um, B, a local repeater or linked repeater station. A repeater repeats. How can it repeat anything if it's just one-way communications? It never got anything to repeat. And A... It only repeated. Yeah. A makes the most sense to me. A space station, you know, they can do one-way communications and they often do a beacon station that's what a beacon's all about it's just sitting out there sending out an id or maybe some minor information to go along with it um, just to kind of help you get a guess at propagation or you know things like that a telecommand station um yeah it could be sending commands out to control a space station and not really be looking for anything coming back. It could just be one way. I'm going to say a uh, chat room. I don't think that's right. Yeah, they're they're saying I would agree. a. Mm-hmm. And there we go, eh? All right. You got a perfect score tonight. You know, as a matter of fact, I did. I'm the only one that's got one blemish on my record. Well, let's hope it's not the last. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it won't be the last one on mine. Let's take a quick break, come right back, talk about a few things, maybe uh, say hello to the folks over in the chat room, see what's been going on. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? 
Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stuffelbeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. That is a good place to study. Our friend Richard Bateman there runs that. Yeah. Keeps it all going. So, yeah, if you haven't seen the one where we had a visit with him, you ought to go back. It was uh, maybe two sh- two three shows back but it was a good uh, interview with him uh, oh yeah about the remote testing and stuff going on mm-hmm. so anyway if y'all haven't seen that go check it out yeah and it's, it was when it was just starting to take off now i think there's more remote testing going on i'm hearing from folks who mm-hmm. have just upgraded their license and such and i think the majority of them probably were through remote testing although you know, we can do uh, in-person testing under the right conditions, I would assume now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think so. But I think still a good bit of it's going on and prob- probably always will from then on under the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. And uh, Bill WZ1L says that we should welcome WB3BJU Don as our new extra class ham. Well, congratulations and welcome aboard, Don. Yeah, congrats, Don. Ralph says, at least my puppy didn't eat my hat. I'm not like Emil and actually hang my hat where the dogs can't reach. (laughs) You know, I'm glad one of my dogs doesn't seem to go for hats because... I have a dog that will climb a fence. Really? Yep. That uh, that black dog that we have now, it's uh-huh. a, it's a greyhound. You would think it was oh, a yeah? blackhound, but it's a greyhound. And I don't know, maybe it must be a greyhound mix. We're thinking maybe part lab and greyhound, but... Mostly Greyhound, and I've never had one of those dogs before, and it's pretty unusual dog, pretty smart, and you'll catch that dog watching you, and the eyes will be rolling around. She won't turn her head. She'll hold her head still and just follow you around the room with her eyes, and she's watching what you're doing like <laughs> like she's figuring it out, you know. And uh, She's got her eye on you. She's, yeah. I mean, she's climbed a chain-link fence. She's climbed a wooden fence. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how. 
but uh, an escape artist. Part greyhound, part lab. That ought to make a heck of a duck hunter, man. Ducks don't have a chance. <laughs> it's fast. I'll tell you that. Uh, she, when she gets out, you won't catch her either. <laughs> they can almost run 40 miles an hour. The Tuesday night nets, yeah, y'all need to check that out. Those have been going really good. Well, we've been doing uh, amateur logic sound check net, just a fun way to spend a little time on the radio during the week when a lot of people are kind of locked in and still not getting out a lot and social distancing. Good way to get on there and, and uh, get on the air and have a good time. Yeah. It's been it's probably the most well-connected net of any. At least it's the most well-connected net of any of them that I know. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, we got... You can get in with D-Star, DMR, uh, System Fusion, WireZX, um, All-Star, multiple Echolink nodes, uh, Hamshack Hotline... P25, what else? NXDN, pretty much anything you can think of, there's a way to get in there. So, no, it's uh, it's a no excuse, no excuse that you can't get in there kind of net. Uh, I understand if you can't make it, but but there's a connection to suit almost anybody. And if you're in this area, in central Mississippi area, there's two repeaters. But you can get in fully analog. And uh, some of these others, I think K8JTK may be a repeater. Yeah, it is, and N8PC is a repeater as well. So some repeaters in Ohio as well if you don't have, you know, a hotspot or or some way to get in. Yeah, but almost everybody's got Echolink, even, even on their phone. Yeah, you can. Oh. I mean, that's a pretty low bar for entry. Um, anyway, check it out. That net usually runs about close to two hours long. There's a lot of people checking in from just all over the world. So a little, little different. You know, a little different than that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Just kind of a check-in kind of a check-in thing, share, you know, share what's on your mind type thing. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, you feel like you have the skill set and would like to be a net control for one of the nets, you know, we don't uh, have a specific schedule or, or um, net control operators. In other words, we're not picky <laughs> We're not picky because I've well, done it numerous times, yeah. and if I and if I can do it, pretty much anybody can. And we've had some real good uh, net controllers, uh, you know, running it do better jobs than us. Although you know, That's, we do it occasionally, and we've had uh, Jake and Elwood do it before. They did a twice, twice. They've done a good job. So we're trying to keep it going there. Just let us know if. Uh, Tommy or, or I, and just our call sign or our name, first name, at amateurlogic.tv. Drop us an email, and we'll 
that'll put you on the list there. Kevin says he yeah, tried. I'm not sure how much longer we can gonna be able to keep it going. We, we're trying. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tougher when I get to have to travel again for work. So yeah. trying to figure out something or somebody that will call it or a rotation to call it. So yeah. if you got any ideas on that, uh, let us know. Yeah, if we could get speaking of Speaking of Ned, I think I see Bill said he was going over to Echo Link. Um, so if you guys want to get on the Echo Link node here in chat, it's right there on the screen. You beat me to it. W5. Oh, that's for the that's for the usual net, but uh, it will be it. on W5PPB dash R or node three nine one five four shortly. Yeah, uh, Bill's been kind enough to. To kind of uh, head that up for us, Bill WZ1L or WZ1L for Canada Day. Yeah, uh, these are down our Canada Day. Hmm? Th- these are the uh, our Bennett tonight after show net is our unplanned, impromptu, spur of the moment kind of nets, and uh, Bill has has been good to pick that up because they're unplanned completely until we get to the end of the show. Well, Tommy, let's wrap this one up real quick. So we'll see you back here for the next time, College, at the end of July. The next Amateur Logic is coming up, wow, is it two weeks? Around the middle of July. Uh, a little less than two weeks. A little less than two weeks. Okay. So you'll certainly want to join in then when we'll also have our friend uh, Mike, VE3MIC, as well as email KE5QKR, the cheap old man. And we don't know what we're doing yet. Tommy's really the only one who knows what he's doing. But the rest of us, we're going to be doing something, I can guarantee you. That's that's not a phrase that you hear every day either. (laughs) No, that Tommy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, 7-3, everybody. We'll see you at the next one. All right. 7-3. ICOM wanted us to mention something here. They want you to register tonight, 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 whatever I said. Want me to start over again, read it? No, that's okay. Do you know where it's cut off? Yeah, I saw it kind of flashing. I'll just read it. I'll just read it and start over. That way you have a clean cut for it. Okay, and I'll act like it's new to me. Okay, do that. (laughs) We'll see how good your acting is.